Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the 2022 VSIN Draft Betcast, presented by DraftKings, live from Las Vegas. With former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, Super Bowl champion Sean King, first round pick Mike Pritchard, betting analysts Tim Murray, Femi Abebefe, and Matt Brown, here is Gil Alexander. It is the 2022 Draft BetCast here at VEASAN. So glad you could hang with us tonight. Going through all our bets, updating all the props, and uh, much updating to do for the rest of the night. This has been a pretty brisk first round, and the number eight pick is in, and the Atlanta Falcons do indeed go wide receiver, but perhaps not the wide receiver that you expected. Drake London from USC, who was the short shot to be the number one wide receiver selected some time ago until that shifted to Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson occupied that spot for a long time. It is in fact, Drake London who gets drafted before the two Ohio state wideouts and before Jamison Williams and every other wideout on the board. Mm -hmm. So if you had Drake London as the first wideout, you have cash Drake London to the Falcons. That is, uh, I mean, plus 250 if you got him towards the end um, on that. I mean, yeah, there was just all of that steam about Jameson Williams and and people falling in love with the upside of him. And I thought it was at least for real for the Falcons if they were going to take a wide receiver just for the fact that they're not going to win this year anyway. So what does it matter if the guy doesn't come back until late October or November anyway, right? I mean, they're, they're not any good, so it doesn't really matter if you, if you honestly thought he was the – the best receiver in the draft, but apparently they did not. They go, uh, they go Drake London, which is again, a little bit off of conventional wisdom here. Yeah. It's shocking to me, to be honest with you. Um, this is a guy who is a possession type receiver, but you have Kyle Pitts. Like uh, I think from a red zone standpoint, uh, if you look at Cordero Patterson, who's a running back combination wide receiver too, they have the size, yeah. I guess for Marcus Mariota, but uh, the plan, <laughs> I know, right. What's the plan here? But you know, from a betting standpoint, uh, to get Drake London at plus 250, that's, that's significant because mm -hmm. I think everybody was imagining the more explosive player uh, going first, uh, the first wide receiver uh, selected right there. And that being Wilson, I mean, you hear a lot about Olave too from a route running standpoint. Perhaps teams would gravitate that way. But Drake London, as the first wide receiver selected here in this draft, it's a good hit from a betting standpoint. It is surprising to be as well. But let this be, for those of us who have over wide receiver prop bets, let this be the mm. beginning of a wide receiver flurry. The Seattle Seahawks now at number nine on the clock. 
um, all those other wideouts still on the board. And you know, you know, what's the plan is is a great question, Michael. And I'll, th- I'll throw it to um, Michael Lombardi and Femi Abebefe over at uh, at Circa. The plan I would imagine is we're punting on the season if they were given truth serum, and we'll draft a quarterback next year. Isn't that really it for the Falcons? Oh. I- yeah, I think that look, they they know there's no quarterback. I mean, they do like. I think they like Matt Carroll, but they knew Matt Corral. They couldn't take him. To me, Gil, this is a strange pick. I mean, look what what, what Mike Pritchard yeah. just said about about Kyle Pitts is one thousand percent right. I mean, he's a receiver. You can call him a tight end. Nobody in the league, the media calls him a tight end. No one in the league treats him like a tight end. He can't block anybody. So when he's in the field, whether he's on the field with with another tight end or if he's on the field with no other tight end, they're in a they're counting him as a receiver. So you lose your advantage in terms of the mismatch personnel. Now you've got to have the right guy covering them. But this team, Atlanta, they can't stop anybody. I mean, you can run the ball up and down the field on them. Yep. Like I, I don't understand team building elements. You know the game's won in the trenches. Your offense, your quarterback has gotten killed, killed. You could say, well, you know, we drafted all these guys in the first round. You did. But he still got killed last year. Like, I, I don't get this pick at all. I don't know how you come back and pick another receiver again. I, I really don't. And and look, Drake London may be fine. He may be great. I'm not disputing. I'm disputing. T- I'm, what I'm arguing here is team building. Like, yeah. the essence of building a championship-level team, it never starts at receiver. And we were talking about it during the break there, that Atlanta could draft pure because they have so many holes everywhere. They needed everything, so you can almost just rank the players one through 300 or whatever, and then whoever was up at eight and your highest-rated player, just take that player. On the horizontal board, you like Garrett Wilson over Drake London, but as receiver, we talked about it, that it could be whatever flavor you like best. Whatever they like, and obviously, you know, Arthur Arthur uh, Smith likes the bigger one, and, and, and mm-hmm. I, look, I think they're both good players. To me, my disagreement here with Atlanta is over team building. Like you got to build this thing when you when your defensive front is as bad as it is, and you know you can't you know your best defensive lineman's Grady Jarrett, who's a little guy. You got to keep him on the move. I mean, you can't even you know you can't stop. I, I bet Dean Peace wishes he went back into retirement. Like I don't know how they're going to slow anybody down. It's really it's really hard for me to understand. And look, they got Mariota who's going to get hurt. He's playing behind is the guy that he's replacing got hit more than any quarterback. What do you think that's going to happen to Mariota? Mariota was in one play last year in the beginning of this game, and he was hurt. Yeah, he's already injury-prone to begin with. Let's turn to a conversation to Seattle, who is now with 3.57 on the clock right now at pick number nine. The Seahawks, in traditional fashion, they have gone all over the board. Yeah. They tend to do the unconventional thing because, as you say, John Schneider doesn't really care. read the mock drafts. He don't care. He, he could care less about what you think. He cares <laughs> about what he thinks, which is what he should do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got, and they've got to get better up front. They can't stop. You're talking about a bad defense. Now, you know, they kept Ken, Ken Norton around for a long time. They couldn't stop anybody. They've got it. One thing where Pete, when they were really good, when you were up there, when they yeah. were really good, that defensive front was good. They, you couldn't block Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett. Bennett. They had all those guys. Th- this front isn't the same. they got to get defensive linemen, too, or an offensive lineman. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson is on the board still. The offensive lineman, I mean, Charles Cross is still on the board right yeah, now. Yeah, Dwayne People Brown's a free agent. Really they, they don't have yeah. to re-sign Dwayne Brown, so you know they, they've got to fix that. Uh, I would think that that's something that they want to do, that, uh, particularly if you're a defensive head coach like Pete. And you know it's important to, to get the rush. They've been trying to get the rusher, whether it's LJ Collier. They've been trying to get rushers. They just haven't been able to do it. Does it surprise you that we haven't seen any trades? Because no. John Schneider's a guy that wants to always move back. This could be a spot where we could see one, but there's 250 on the clock. Doesn't look likely. No, it doesn't. And I think this is what we said. There's the, Everybody's kind of clumped together. So why would I pay 75 cents for a player that's worth 50? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think this is what's going on. And, you know... 
look, look I, I think you've got to be able to be disciplined in this situation and not fall in love with a guy that you, you want to get. I mean, I know Kansas City was talking about trying to trade up. For who? I don't know. Was it a receiver? Maybe. But what, but to me, the essence of this draft is you better just stay where you are, hold on to your picks, and just pick the player that fits your need the best or or, or is it an offensive or defensive lineman that could help you. Well, the pick is in at number nine. Seattle unable to trade back. We'll see who they draft. Gentlemen over at the South Point, Gil, Matt, I mean, this could go anywhere with the Seattle Seahawks. Well, it appears the pick is in, and it appears they're going offensive line. They're going with Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. That would be the third offensive lineman picked in the top nine picks. When you got to protect Drew Locke, you got to protect. You got to protect yeah. Drew Locke. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those things where it's just a guy just kind of hit his floor, right? I mean, it was several teams yeah. kind of linked to Cross, and it just didn't. It, the board just fell a certain way to where it didn't get there. I think this was probably probably just hit his floor, and they were just like, "We can't let this guy best player okay, on yeah, the board." Yeah, we just can't let this based guy on their by. board. Yeah, Charles Cross goes to the Seattle Seahawks at number nine. Remember, that's a pick the Seahawks acquired in the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, at number nine, which goes now to number 10. Uh, and this also one that was uh, conveyed by trade as well, this part of the Jamal Adams trade. And so this is the Jets by way of the Seahawks, the Jets' second pick of this draft. So remember the Giants already picking twice at five and seven, and now the Jets trying to add on to their fourth pick, which was Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Which way do the Jets go so, here? So this is where they run to get Wilson, right? Well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, you could go edge here, too, because they still yeah. need an edge. Uh, they didn't go with Thibodeau. So. This is big for a lot of us who yeah. have the Garrett Wilson right. prop under 10 and a half. Right. We need him to go here. It makes a lot of sense. But then again, it's the betting standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, for me, I mean, you got to have a franchise quarterback. You have to go out and get him weapons. You you have to get guys like a Garrett Wilson. You got to know what you have. You have exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, Zach Wilson. I, I think he's a he's a pure pocket passer. He's they got to reel him in a little bit, and and you know certainly with more experience that'll happen. Uh, but he's got to have reliable weapons on the outside. The game we we see by the draft already. It's an edge game, uh, whether it's edge player. Offensive tackle, receiver, cornerback. The game is one on the edges out there. You have to be strong that way. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you're again. Do you want to find out what you got in this guy that you spent all this draft capital on last year? You're you're starting receivers. They took they they got him Elijah Moore last year, mm-hmm. but like you got Corey Davis who can't stay on the field. You know, he's ha- he's hurt three quarters of every every, every season. Braxton Berrios is your only, is your is your third guy, right? Like that's not giving him a fair shot, right? No. A really, a really a fair shake in all this to see, see what he's got. So, I mean, you have the opportunity here to take what most people can, most people had as a number one receiver on the board. Yeah. And right now, this is where it looks like with the jets at 10 and Washington at 11, that you could very well see wide out, wide out here. Mm-hmm. And it might be Ohio state wide out Ohio. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the fade this podcast. We got a great episode coming up picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? 
Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts statewide out back to back here in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. If you are to believe the tea leaves here in recent days, could very well be the beginning of the true wide receiver flurry. Let's get it started. Uh, Cause yeah. I want to see a lot of receivers go off the board from, from the bets that I have. I would love to see six or more wide receivers go off the board. I would as well. Drake London already off the board. Uh, in case you missed it, Drake London on the way to Atlanta as the number eight pick in the draft. Drake London out of USC, which surprised a lot of people, certainly the betting mark in terms of the first wide out, uh, take it, but that is now uh, on the clock. The New York Jets, the second team to have their second pick, the Giants having been the first. And when you when when you now look at the first nine picks, and you're thinking, okay, no one then now now that we've gotten through the ninth and Cross has gone, no one has egregiously slipped. Then in the end, right? It was it, there was there was nobody who was a lock top ten pick that didn't get picked at this point. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. kind of not only no trades, but it's kind of ensconced in that top 10 it's it's kind of worked out if not exactly similar i'm gonna say in in betting terms kind of chalky kind of chalky yeah generally speaking generally speaking um and so we'll see if that wide out uh flurry begins so many of them still on the board here and it is the new york jets who remembered not only had the fourth pick and they got a mod sauce gardner not only have this the 10th pick but also currently tomorrow night we'll have the 35th and the 38th pick in this NFL draft. So four picks in the top 38. This is supposed to be the most consequential setting up to be the most consequential draft in modern day new in modern day New York Jets history. Of course, the single most important pick of all of them last year was Zach Wilson. We'll see if it is Garrett Wilson. Montana to Rice. Marino to Clayton. Wilson to Wilson. Maybe that's what the Jets are hoping for. We'll see who they pick next. It's Vison's draft betcast live from both the South Point and Circa. is the 2022 v Draft BetCast, presented by DraftKings. Live in Las Vegas from the South Point Resort and Casino and the Circa Resort and Casino, here is Gil Alexander. Indeed, the uh, Jets do go with uh, Ohio State wideout Garrett Wilson, not the first wide receiver selected in the first round. That belongs to, or that distinction belongs to Drake London to the Atlanta Falcons at eight. But Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets at 10. So the Jets fans, again, hoping for the Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson combination a lot this year and beyond. And so the Jets end up at four and 10 with Sauce Gardner at four and Garrett Wilson at 10. They got to like what they're doing so far. If you're, if you're a Jets fan, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to at least like where they, where they did this draft so far. I mean, like, you know, I mean, how it ends up on the field. 
could be a different story. Well, but right. yeah, but at least as far as the way that they they structured this, we start off with five straight defensive players and we go five straight offensive players here to get to to pick number ten. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, Garrett Wilson is a playmaker, uh, and that's what the Jets need. Whether it's on the defensive side of the ball from an edge standpoint uh, or a cornerback standpoint. Uh, when you see a, a Sauce Gardner go up there to the Jets. But then uh, when you look at Garrett Wilson and his ability to get open man-to-man coverages, you know, you think about that division in particular too, that's what they're going to face. But it's team building, like Michael Lombardi was talking about. You, you draft your franchise quarterback. Now you just got to add some players around him so they can grow together. It makes a ton of sense. I, it's unfortunate that Atlanta ruined my bet, though, for yes. the first wide receiver selected. Yes. Uh, because I, I think, uh, I think Garrett Wilson, ruined. a lot of people, right? A lot of people. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson is just a, an incredible playmaker. Oh, we have our trade. We have a trade. Commanders are trading 11 to the Saints. Oh, and what do you, wow. Mm. There is the first trade of the first round, the, the Washington football teamers. I refuse to say the name. They <laughs> they trade in the Saints. Now, what do you think the Saints this, this, are trading the, uh, up for? The, well, we, heard, we read the quote from Dennis. See, that's this is an informational-based draft, right? Yes. If you had any idea what they wanted, because he, they we said it was a plugged-in beat writer who said he talked to Dennis who said, yeah. we will do whatever we have to to go get the player we want. Now, yeah. is that player a wide receiver? Is this where they want Jamison Williams? It feels to me that it has to be a wide receiver because they had to know that Washington, Washington yeah. refusing to have an answer for, for the other side of Terry McLaurin and still will not have one here. Uh, I would imagine it's a wide receiver. It's got to be. And maybe it's, and again, maybe it's Jameson Williams for them who, again, probably, if if they're just being honest with right. themselves, know that they're not going to win this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But could possibly potentially, you know, next year, Tom Brady's going to retire, may, probably, again, well, we assume. Right. I mean, you know, we assume. And so maybe they're looking just a year from now. We, we don't have terms of the deal. We don't know how. It doesn't, it's, no, it's yeah, just. Uh, I'd be curious to know yeah. what, what did Washington get both of New Orleans' first-round picks for that swap? I wonder. I wonder if they did or not. That would be interesting. But we'll, we'll find out the details of that move. But New Orleans yeah. now on the clock. Alave makes sense, to be honest with you. I mean, you got Michael Thomas. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a possessions-type guy. They don't have really – I mean, they have some guys, but not Alave, not to that caliber in terms of route running. Um, I, it's just a tough call, though, because I, they traded that far up, and there's only one position out there that entices you to trade that far up, and I would I, think it's receiver. I will tell you this. As a lifelong Washington fan, I'm a little bummed right now. Mm-hmm. I really am because mm-hmm. I wanted one of those receivers. Let's yeah. go. You yeah. winning a bet also won me a bet as well, Gil. Oh. So you're, you're under 10.5 also gets the over 10.5 on Kyle Hamilton as well. Oh, so there, you there go. we go. We both cash a couple Garrett of Wilson right just there. got in under the gun, and there you go on Kyle Hamilton. Let's go back to circuits. It's, it's uh, Femi Abebefe and Michael Lombardi, uh, who, of course, are the host and the star of the GM Shuffle podcast, but, of course, VEASAN hosts for our purposes as well. Uh, Garrett Wilson at 10, guys, and, and what do you speculate on the Saints here at 11? That's all the discussion that we're doing right now in our studio. I mean, we thought that maybe it could be a receiver. We don't think it's going to be a quarterback, but possibly a defender to get ahead of Minnesota. You know, McDuffie there I think certainly could be a possibility. Maybe they tra- traded up to get Hamilton. Minnesota's been rumored to get Hamilton. You know, I, I think, Gil, this is, I don't, you know, they wouldn't give up two ones to do this. It was a move. They're going back, what, to 16? Where are they going, to 17? Yeah, I believe they're going to 16 or 17, where New Orleans previous 16, was. yeah. 16. 16. So yeah, it's, 16. It, it, it's yeah. a five-player move. This will be a three, probably a three, uh, maybe a flop of twos and a three. So I think that'll be – so they'll get up there to get their guy. But typically, you're making this move because you feel like there's only one player left on your board – that if you don't get this guy at that position, you'll be stuck out. So maybe it is the receiver. You know, to me, I would have thought they would have done it to get Wilson. 
But uh, I'm, maybe McDuffie is a corner that they think because this corner board has gone so dramatically quickly, it could be that. And they need and they could use another corner. They could use a safety with Malcolm Jenkins retiring as well. I'm just confused why New Orleans would Michael, do this. you're right. It's uh, it's it's sixteen ninety sixteen ninety eight and one twenty for yeah. eleven. So yeah. sixteen ninety eight and one twenty. I mean, I mean, we can open up the discussion for everybody. I mean, like New Orleans, they already traded to get that second pick from Philadelphia. And now you're moving up here for what is likely to be a non-quarterback. Yeah. Like, like the allocation of resources, to me, it feels like is a little irresponsible. But th- this has been Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton the before Dennis Allen got there. They've been all in. They've always been this aggressive in drafts. They feel like they'll get extra draft picks. They'll find somebody in the free agent market. They've always been you know, going all in. And I, and I don't think they think they're going to lose next year. I think they think they can compete. I think they're not in the rebuilding mindset. I think they are in the retooling mindset. I, I think they're in the rebuilding. I don't agree with it, but I think that's what they think. And so, you know, I could see them trying to do anything. Look, if they went receiver, everybody think, well, maybe they want to get receiver to ship Michael Thomas out and get some draft picks next year, mm-hmm. which could easily be the case because he hasn't been easy, the most easy guy to get along with. But what about an offensive lineman? I know Trevor Penning was a guy that a lot of teams liked high. There you go. They can still that replace Teron Armstead. They put they put a lot of stock in. They one thing Mickey has always done, whether it's McCoy, they they've drafted offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They put a lot into that. You know, right now they have James Hurst playing left tackle. So you know, I, I mean, it could be Penning to get ahead of Bal- Baltimore's been <sighs> the, the, rumored to get Penning as well. The pick is in. We're about to find out who New Orleans moved up. From 16, they use 16, a third, and a it's fourth round. Olave, it's the receiver. It is Chris Olave from Ohio State. So the two Buckeyes, Wilson goes to the Jets Keep at 10, Olave to the Saints now at 11. It's amazing. You know, and here's the thing they yeah. better hope for, guys. Ooh. They better hope for that Olave is going to be better than somebody, some receiver picked in the third round, like a Gabriel Davis. You know what I mean? You give up all these assets to get a guy, you better hope that a guy in the third doesn't turn out as good as him. That's interesting that they moved up to go get Olave because I don't think I mean Minnesota maybe they would have taken Olave. I don't think Houston's in the market for a receiver. Houston's trying to get out it's, anyway. They yeah. could have got him there. Houston's trying to bail as it is. Unless they wanted to get ahead of Philadelphia, but Philadelphia's been linked to Jamison Williams. I mean, yeah. it's 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 interesting that they'd move up for Olave. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts out there at the South Point, Gill and Matt and Pritch. Like Olave at eleven, huh? Well, I, I, I called it back-to-back Ohio State wideouts. I just didn't know it was going to be the Saints and not Washington. And I'll tell you this. I kind of like the trade for Washington. They need as many bodies as possible, mm-hmm. so getting 16, 98, and 120 is good. I just don't have the confidence in their front office to make the right picks. So that's, that's sort of a Washington perspective <laughs> right. for you on that. But so, Chris Olave goes 11 to New Orleans. From a betting standpoint, yeah. for the Saints to do this, to trade up to get Olave, you wonder what other boards are indicating from a receiver standpoint. Mm-hmm. So to get to that six wide receiver standpoint, I think I'm feeling more confident about that. Well, like that's three halfway yeah, I mean, to the six. Right, because, yeah. okay, you're, you're seeing the Saints go that far up and do what they did to get Alave. I mean, the, all those other playmakers out there on the board, you wonder what other teams are going to be thinking here. The Lions have traded up to 12. Here mm. we go. <laughs> and here we go. By the way, Stations did have a prop on trades. Yes. Uh, but I think they started it at, what, four or five? They didn't have anything below that? It was an interesting little prop. So they're coming up from 32. Mm-hmm. So the Lions coming up from the last pick of the first round, remember that, to 12. What are you What, what are you a mel- quarterback? This, uh, it feels like it, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Let's go Malik. It, Here we go. <laughs> it feels like it. 
What are the Lions thinking? The Lions, who, and we use this line, I did on, on a numbers game, sprinted to the podium to draft Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Um, they are acting very aggressively here again, trading all the way up to 12. One would think a quarterback, maybe. Get in front of Pittsburgh. New the, Orleans didn't go quarterback. So, the, Though, do you do that to Jared Goff? <laughs> Well, first of all, do you care if you do uh, you that do, to Jared? You do Goff. not care if yeah. you do that to Jared yeah. Goff, right? Right. Yeah. At this point, no. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the correct answer. Anybody but Kyle Hamilton. What What is your Kyle yeah, Hamilton yeah. bet? Well, I had the over ten and a half. At, 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 I laid, and then I I took over twelve and a half at plus money. So Kyle Hamilton is the answer to the question, but we kind of knew this was coming. So there, there's no one who up to the up to the you know right to the doorstep of the draft that really you know slipped. You know, badly, but Kyle Hamilton was the guy. If we went back two or three weeks, is the guy that slipped. If that makes sense, we had someone like uh, Cynthia Freeland when she was doing her last mock draft at the end of March. She had Kyle Hamilton as the second pick in the draft. That was more of the consensus opinion back then. Maybe not second, but he was considered to be a top ten pick. Certainly, he wouldn't, uh, you know, get by Washington at eleven. Let's say that's how quickly this stuff changes. That was three weeks ago. Now I don't know where his, so, his bottom is. Twelve and forty-six for thirty-two, thirty-four, and sixty-six. Say that again. So twelve and forty-six uh-huh. for thirty-two, thirty-four, and sixty-six. So basically the last pick of the first, the second pick, second pick of the second. Between two division rivals. Mm, yes. The Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Quite interesting. You don't often see that. And the NFL just to sprinkle a little bit of sprinkle a little nugget out there for us. Uh, They announced the first ever Thursday night football game on Amazon will be week two between the Chargers and Chiefs on a Thursday night on Amazon. (laughs) We love football, man. When's football coming back? Getting our (laughs) dose of it tonight. Uh, We'll find out. Find out who the Lions will take at 12 via trade. That's next right here on the 2022 Draft BetCast from VEASAN. This is the 2022 v Draft BetCast, presented by DraftKings. Live in Las Vegas from the South Point Resort and Casino and the Circa Resort and Casino, here is Gil Alexander. The v Spring Special is here for only $59. You can get everything v has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Rontobo with the best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all through the Stanley Cup playoffs, and of course, NFL preseason coverage, golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, best bets and premium articles on all the full VEASAN experience. Daily best bets email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59.00. To be a subscriber through July 31st, sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Mike Pritchard, and Kelly Bidlin here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, Femi Abebefe over at Circa. And so we are in the midst of the anticipated wide receiver flurry, and it is now via trade. First of all, Drake London went eight, uh, not via trade, to the Falcons at eight. At ten, the New York Jets with their second pick went Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Speaking of wideouts. 11, the Washington Commanders traded out. The Saints traded in. They went Chris Olave wide out from Ohio State. So two back-to-back 
uh, in terms of Ohio State wide receivers in Wilson and Olave. Then the Lions traded up to number 12. We thought maybe a quarterback. Nope. Wide receiver. Jamison Williams, the speedster from Alabama at 12. And now we have a third consecutive yeah. trade. So this is just up from 15 to 13. The uh, Eagles trade 15, 124, 162, and 166 to the Texans to get up to 13, which makes you wonder, is this Burks? Because they were mm. just, we know that they came in wanting a mm -hmm. wide receiver right. and all wide receivers are coming off the board. And are they freaking out saying we better come up and get, get, get Burks while we can. Well, when a run happens, this is exactly, yeah. exactly what happens. I mean, you got Burks, you got Dotson. Uh, I, I think Watson, in my opinion, ahead of Pickens. Uh, but yeah, Burks makes a lot of sense too, though. Hey, I just want six of them. Yes. <laughs> I just mentioned earlier, and obviously there are teams that have multiple picks, but with the Jets, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, they got to be thrilled. How about the Lions, though? They get Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan mm -hmm. kid, and then they get Jamison Williams from Alabama. If you're a Lions fan, you got a lot to be happy about tonight, for sure. I would think so, for sure. Again, it's it's arguably a guy that has the upside to be the top wide receiver in this right. draft. And, and, you know, a lot of people saying that had he not gotten injured, he probably would have been on most people's boards. So, um, yeah, if you're the Lions, you're not winning. It's kind of the same thing we said with, with the Falcons, if they would have taken him at eight. It's, you're not winning this year anyway. It doesn't matter if the guy's not back until November, right? I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. The upside is tremendous, too, with Williams because, I mean, I know he's got the ACL, but uh, playing with Joey Galloway, who had an ACL situation, he was actually more explosive after rehab and treatment. Uh, and and repair of that situation. So uh, they say Williams is ahead of schedule right now with his rehab. So uh, it's a, I think it's a great pick. I mean, obviously, uh, Detroit indicated that uh, by trading up and getting this guy. Will it be another wideout? Will it be Traylon Burks? It will not. It will not. There's my answer. Jordan Davis. Oh, there it is. Defensive tackle. From Georgia. Jordan Davis. A lot of people had uh, Jordan Davis props. I believe if you had the under that cashes now, because I think it was mid roundish on Jordan Davis, uh, he goes number 13 via trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we sent it over to Circa and, uh, and Femi and Michael. What do you think about that for the Eagles trading up to get their man? I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, the, the whole idea to draft another receiver after you drafted Rieger and you drafted Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. I mean, come on. How many receivers can you possibly draft? I mean, we're not running a track meet here. And look, the Eagles value tackles. I mean, Fletcher Cox, they cut him, put him back. You know, Hargrave was sensational for him last yep. year. You put these guys inside, you're going to affect the passing game. I mean, this is, to me, a great pick. This is, you know, it's not a sexy pick. It's not a receiver. But they got ahead of Baltimore, which they knew they needed to do in mm -hmm. order to get Jordan Davis. And they get, to me, one of the premier defensive players in the draft at 13, and they gave up very little on the back end. They didn't have to cost them anything to give up fourth and fifth. Guys that probably you're going to find on the waiver wire later. So to me, I, I thought it was a great play. I, I really do. I think they, they were smart to do it. They get a legitimate defensive tackle who can push the pocket. And now their ends, which they rely on to get pressure, now they the quarterback has no place to step up. I like the trade. You talked about this on the podcast yesterday. It's like this is an Al Davis pick, Jordan oh, Davis. He's wow. the height, weight, speed guy. I mean, six foot six, three hundred forty-five pounds, runs about a four eight forty here. And we both said that this is the guy that we would pound the table for if we were in a war room for a team to draft them. And here he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. As an NFC East fan, the Dallas Cowboys, seeing the Giants go Thibodeau, Evan Neal, and now the Eagles going Jordan Davis. Uh, I'm not feeling too good about my Dallas Cowboys. Well, I right mean, now. the city of Philadelphia, 35-point <laughs> win over the Raptors tonight. I never saw that one coming. It's a one-point game at the half, and all of a sudden they win it by 35. That big, big 
uh, albatross over Doc Rivers' neck just got lifted off. And then they get Jordan Davis. I mean, what yeah. a great pick for them. I mean, this is a good night in Philadelphia. It's a very good night. Ring the bell, Ben. Very good night. So now Baltimore, they just saw their guy go to 13. Now on the clock, they've been linked to pending a little bit at tackle. Baltimore can go offensive line here. But one yeah. thing we know about Baltimore, here's what we know about Baltimore. They will get an A for their draft. That's a guarantee. <laughs> they will get an A, no matter who they pick. If they picked, if they picked nobody, they turned in a card that said no, they get an A. Yeah, They're going to get an A. Eric DeCosta, good they job. They get A's every year. They're the, they are a straight A student like you've never seen before. <laughs> they let the board fall to them, and they don't get, get too greedy, and then they get the A there. Um, guys, I mean, Jordan Davis, I believe his draft prop was 14.5, closed 13.5. That's able to cash here with him going 13 to the Philadelphia Eagles. But Baltimore now on the clock. I'm wondering where you guys think they might be able to go. Yeah, first of all, Michael uh, Lombardi, VEASAN violation, demerit, basketball talk, off the set. <laughs> no, I love it. Your Sixers, congratulations for your Sixers. 35-point win uh, for the Sixers, and they, they advance. Uh, no, it's a great point, Femi, about you know the fact that, that Jordan Davis just gets under his prop. Uh, uh, we had Garrett Wilson just get under his prop at 10.5, getting picked 10th. We had Kayvon Thibodeau just going over his prop at four and a half. So it has really, in many cases, at least according to the over-unders, gone really as close to form as possible. And so Philadelphia goes Jordan Davis, and it is the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. And what Michael and Femi are saying is right. Baltimore always does this well. Which way do you think they go here? We're, we're, we're starting to get to the point in the draft where now it becomes a lot more random. Yeah, I mean, mm. look. I think it's probably defensive side of the ball for them some way, shape, or form. But it's like, you know, where do you go here? Do you go corner? We keep talking about these AFC teams, right? right. Like you better be able to cover. You better you better be able to compete with these high-flying offenses that are, that are around now in that division even, right? I mean, I I even in their own division. So, I don't know. Do they do they go corner? Do they go one of the guys that are that are still available? I I'm not sure. New defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Uh, he was there before before going to Michigan. Now he's back uh, uh, as a defensive coordinator out there with Baltimore. Uh, it gets interesting, too, because I know Lamar has been lobbying for more playmakers, too. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you got Baltimore. Uh, and Yeah, Baltimore, the culture, whoever they draft. And that's why they get an A, because their culture – uh, it, it's such a high standard, and, and they get to buy in. It's incredible out there. I, I think that whole division is a culture division. When you think about what Baltimore has established, Pittsburgh, the history there, uh, Cleveland's trying to be consistent with it, uh, and then what happens with Cincinnati and what they have started so far. Uh, so it, Baltimore is anybody's guess right now. I, I think we're at that point, like you yeah. said, Matt. Okay, we have – Depth issues like, okay, do we have plug and play starters still on the board? Uh, receiver, maybe. Uh, you have some edge players out there that still mm. people think that can go in there and go and start and play. And you, you have also linebackers that can plug and play as well. So uh, Baltimore can go anywhere. Uh, but wherever they go, it's going to be a high grade because they just have that high standard out there. Yeah, it's Baltimore at 14, and then it's Houston at 15. And remember, with Houston now, the 15th pick is one that has conveyed itself a couple times, not just moments ago in the trade between the Texans and the Eagles, but this traces all the way back to last year's draft when this would have been in possession of the Miami Dolphins. This is where they would have been slotted. They're one of the eight teams, quarter of the league, that does not have a first-round draft pick uh, this year. This was the trade from last year that sent it to Philly that got the Dolphins' Jalen Waddle. So they've got to be happy with that. I'm sure they're not, after their offseason, getting Tyreek Hill. 
they're not exactly crying about not having a pick here. The the fall for Kyle Hamilton ends. So mm. Kyle Hamilton to the Ravens. Kyle Hamilton to the Ravens. Quoth the Ravens, mm. as Chris Berber would say. Well, now that's interesting. So we'll send it back to Femi and Michael. Uh, and Michael, I'll direct this to you. you. You said it. Baltimore always does this well. Could it be that the guy whose draft stock fell the most because of a really slow combine time that the Ravens are just kind of laughing to themselves here? You know, it is. I'm, I'm sure. Look, the last time they picked the safety, Gil, they had three players that they wanted. They wanted to pick William Green from Boston College. They wanted to pick a, a, a tackle, Levi Jones from Arizona State. And right before they were getting ready to pick, the last guy on their board that was available was Napoleon Harris and the Raiders. Unfortunately, we took him, and they were stuck. <laughs> and so they they really took it. They took Ed Reed only because not because it was the next guy they had on. It was the only guy that had a higher grade on their board, and they take him. So then maybe they got this is the Hamilton pick. They got the right guy. I think they wanted Jordan Davis. They fell into Hamilton. Yep, this could be Ed Reed 2.0 for the Baltimore Ravens, who already signed Marcus Williams in free agency from New Orleans. So, shoring up that secondary that's going to get Marcus Peters back and Marlon Humphrey back there, they could be a formidable unit. Stay with us. We'll have the bet cast here on the other side. Don't go away. is the 2022 VSIN Draft Betcast presented by DraftKings live in Las Vegas from the South Point Resort and Casino and the Circa Resort and Casino here is Gil Alexander back on the Draftcast right here at VSIN the Draft Betcast Gil Alexander Matt Brown Mike Pritchard here at Circa with Kelly Bidlin and uh, Femi Abebefe and Michael Lombardi over at Circa the last few picks once again uh, via trade at 11, New Orleans with Chris Olave from Ohio State. That after Garrett Wilson, his teammate at Ohio State, went to the Jets at 10. Jamison Williams, uh, Williams, who was their teammate as well, obviously out of Alabama. Then ultimately, he goes to Detroit via trade at 12. Jordan Davis goes to the Eagles, who trade into the 13th spot. Uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia at 13. And then the Ravens go with Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame at 14, which puts the Texans on the clock. Remember, this was a trade down from 13 a little earlier tonight. Texans obviously uh, drafting Derek Stingley Jr. at number three, which made a lot of us very happy around here. Uh, but they get their second crack at it. Or will they trade again? Who knows? They have made a pick. They have made a pick. They have made a pick. And that pick would be Kenyon Green. Oh, anybody's guess at this point. <laughs> tackle slash yeah. guard from mm -hmm. Texas A&M. They did. They not quite sure which one I guess he's going to slot at, but uh, offensive lineman, I guess I can just say from, from A&M. Okay. So the Texans make their pick. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, going offensive line there. The Washington football team is on the clock for the second time tonight. They traded out of 11 earlier with the Saints. Uh, we won't have Femi and Michael for the rest of the night after this hour, so I want to throw it to you guys and get your get your opinions on who's made the best pick so far, in your opinion, who's made the worst. Obviously, time will tell, but your best <laughs> guess at this stuff. you got a couple of teams on that list of the worst picks. Huh? I, I mean, I think Atlanta. Look, I, I mean, I don't see how you build a team from receivers in. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with a quarterback who's got no durability. Now, I'm not suggesting they should have taken a quarterback by no means. But the art of team building starts in the trenches, and they, their defensive line is really bad. The Eagles thought enough of Jordan Davis to trade three picks to go get him. They, you know, and you're sitting there with a the guy who coached Haloni Nada. You know, you watch Vita Vey every week. You don't block yep. him every time you play him twice a year. He's a force. You, you know, think you get a guy that come in here and do something like that, and instead you get a receiver with a quarterback. How are we going to get the ball to him? So I'm not in love with that. I love Philly taking Jordan Davis. I, I thought this draft kind of is was it what we thought. I mean, I'm I'm not questioning the talent of the pick with Atlanta. I'm questioning team building, and I think that this is a draft that's going to get stranger and stranger as we go. You know, I think that that the the green pick by a, by Houston out of A and M, Zion Johnson was rated higher. You know, by some people, but again, this is one of those drafts where beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I don't think you can question it. So. You know, I, I think this is the, the next half of this first round is going to get real interesting. Yeah, I think the team for me that gets the A-plus or the round of the applause is the New York Giants. You talked about how there's no quarterback in this draft. So what did they do? They got the guy that can get to the quarterback, and they got the guy that can protect the quarterback in Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal there with five and seven. So I'm agreeing with you on that. I that, think I, I, that's the art of team building, yeah. right? We, it's not sexy. It doesn't look good, but you got to build those. And, and look, the Giants' offensive line, I mean, it is bad. And even with when they have Tom, you know, the, Thomas, the, the left tackle, he hasn't played very good. So get Neil in there, maybe move Thomas over to right tackle. That's a good one. Michael, we got a trade. This is interesting. This came out from all the insiders just moments ago here. The Baltimore Ravens, who just drafted Kyle Hamilton, have now traded Marquise Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals trade pick number 23 to the Ravens for pick number 100 and Hollywood Brown. Your initial reaction. So they traded Hollywood to there, and that the Cardinals traded a first round first pick. round pick for Hollywood Brown. So now Hollywood was a so this is year three. Of, this is going he's going into year four of his contract. Yeah, three or four. He had a good year this past year, but going into three or four, I believe. So he's going into four. He came out in the same draft as uh, as uh, all these other receivers. Mm-hmm. He came out that that's an interesting trade there because you know we you guys were talking about how they need more weapons for Lamar. They've been drafted weapons, Barrett, Hollywood, all those guys. And this gives them another receiver to replace Christian Kirk. But are they going to pay this guy the kind of money that he's going to want? I mean, I don't. To me, you taking a guy with only two years left on a contract, you got to pick up the option. I mean, you're giving up a five-year contract for a three-year contract. And think about what we've seen though in this draft. I mean, from picks eight to number twelve, 
four wide receivers go in those five picks. So maybe the Cardinals are like, hey, one of those five guys, we'd love to draft them. Now that they're out, they panicked and they trade for the veteran guy now. Yeah. And, you know, Hollywood's a guy that, you know, it, he's kind of hard to get the ball to. He's not a, you know, he's not a big guy and he's not a great inside route runner. You know, mm -hmm. he's not really that. It'll be interesting to see how it's all going to work out. But they had to replace Kirk. Because let's face it, when you watch the Cardinals, as great as Hopkins is, he's always covered. Yeah. He, he just catches the ball. He's always covered. Uh, the, you know, the Cardinals do strange things. Uh, you know, the Cardinals do some strange things. They really do. Uh, this one's a little strange to me, especially the contract. I mean, you know. You're going to have to give, pay him. you got to pay him. You're gonna, now you're buying. You're giving up a one. If you're going to keep him, you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give up a lot more. They get the third-round pick back, but. In this draft, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like, guess whose agent knows that you gave up a first round for him? Hollywood Brown's agent knows that you gave did. up a first round pick. You, but you better be prepared to pay this guy's <laughs> a lot of money. We are 15 picks through this draft, and it's starting to get good. Michael, you'll be able to give all of your thoughts on all 32 picks tomorrow on the Lombardi line at noon Eastern with Patrick Maher. It's, I can't wait to see what these next yeah, 16 picks look fun. like. It's, it's going to be, be great. Fun. I mean, and look, like I said, I think we question team building. Don't question, you know, the picks because... You know, that's really the art of it. And to give up a first-round pick, if you're the Cardinals, you're talking about a team that can't block either. Yeah. I mean, Murray runs around like crazy. I, I, I don't get the uh, – but uh, the Cardinals have always been confusing to me. Last question, when do you think the quarterbacks finally go? I think the Pittsburgh's the first place they're going to go. All these trades up, everybody said, well, it's got to be for the quarterback. You know, <laughs> I mean, the thing about the Detroit trade to get Jamison Williams, they didn't pay a lot. That was That is going to be an anomaly in the trade. They went against – they went completely against the chart in that trade. So the Ravens will be back on the clock at pick 23. Interesting stuff. Get an A. They're, They're going to get an A. They're going to get an A as they get two players in this first <laughs> round. You guys, I mean, it's a lot to digest here, Gil, Matt, Pritch, but, man, it's starting to get good. Well, it looks like the Washington football team at 16 has gone wide out. Yes. I'm not sure if it's the wide out they wanted, but it is the fifth wide out selected in the draft. And, Matt, it wow. is? John Dotson. John Dotson. Let's John go. Dotson. <laughs> at 16 somebody got a hit that's good I, got a first I didn't know you guys could still hear me sorry <laughs> yeah. no it's great can I can I go back before we comment on that can I go back to the trade I want to be more blunt than Michael what the what the heck are the are the Cardinals doing what what is that trade what give me the terms of that again they got the 23rd pick the the Ravens got their 23rd pick so their first round pick and yeah. the third round pick you 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 think the Cardinals made a made any kind of good trade there for Hollywood Brown? You're giving up the 23rd pick in the draft in this? Yeah, I mean, look, they were they were one of the teams that was everybody had linked and mocked to a, to a receiver at 23, and I guess maybe they looked around. I think Femi kind of hit on it, maybe that they yeah, looked around and guys were gone. The right. Guys were gone, and well, how see, many was even going to still be there well, at see, 23 by the time they got there? I and, believe Washington's guys were gone, mm, and they yeah. ended up with Dawson. I really yeah. do. Like. Oh. But yeah. to target Mar uh, Marquise Brown, though, I mean, yeah. where did right. that come from? Right. He's 5'9", 180 pounds. That's what I'm saying. Like, really? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah, I mean, he put up some numbers. I mean, in that offense, he can put up numbers. He averaged 11 yards per reception, uh, a lot of play action there. But now you're going to go to an air raid situation with Kyler Murray, who I guess they look eye to eye when they're out there on the field. Who knows? <laughs> um, but that's, I, yeah, I, I don't know what the Cardinals were doing right here. I don't either. I don't either. Other than panicking. Well, and and what are the Ravens doing now? Because you just mentioned from a from a wide receiver standpoint. So now you're going in with you've got Devin Duvernay and and what Rashad Bateman. That's it. Right. You know, I mean, like that's that's who you're going into the season with. So 
they're probably were th- they were probably thinking Dotson might be there at 23 or something. Like, what are they going to do at 23? I mean, what are they going to do now? Uh, John Dotson to Washington at 16. Thus begins the uh, depressive state of the Washington football fan night. Um, <laughs> Not the guy, not the guy who wanted there, but that's who they get out of Penn State. So he goes 16, and yes, now the second half of the first round begins, and we'll see what happens from here on out. Much less predictable, many fewer bets, but we now we're at how many wide receivers? Is that five? That's five, five already. Five we need one wide more receivers. In the entire next half of the draft. Counting on Baltimore to at least draft a wide receiver, yeah. right? Yeah. We got to be counting. Yeah. On for, for those of us who have six, one more for the free roll the rest of the <laughs> way, as we like to say. And still, not a whisper of a quarterback. Not a whisper of one. Those late mocks, though, didn't have them going until until twenty with the Steelers, and so that still could be that still could be the case. All right, gentlemen, uh, back at Circa, Femi and uh, Michael, we really appreciate it. I know you guys were doing uh, overtime here on this, but it's been a pleasure having you guys for the first three hours of this GM shuffle, and of course the Lombardi line. Thank you guys. Thank you, Gil. Yeah, no, thank you guys as well. It's been awesome to be on this draft. It's one of my favorite events of the year, and it is. add the betting into it as well. I think it's been a fun night here, and hopefully it's even more fun in the second half of the it, round. And, we, it, you know, we're leaving with a head-scratcher because I still don't get that <laughs> trade. I really don't. But it's good for the bankroll, though. Jahan Dotson <laughs> in the first round. That's there what we go. absolutely love. Go. It's what we do it for, guys. I mean, Tim and Sean will take over for us here at Circa, but we'll go back to you guys, and best of luck with all the bets in this second round of the first round. Appreciate it. Femi Bebefe and Michael Lombardi from Circa. Tim Murray and Sean King will join us for the rest of the first round from Circa as the draft gets squirrely here in the the late going, at least the most recent going. Certainly not the late going yet. Pick 17 is where we are now. And what, in fact, will the L.A. Chargers do at 17? Who could that be? Elam, maybe? We'll see right here on the DraftCast. It's NBA playoff time, so you know what that means. I'm going to keep loving these great offers from DraftKings and this dip. Get up to $25 back if one leg of your parlay loses. DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NBA. New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN, the best way to... New to VEASAN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.